Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm Anne Gripper and I'm joined this week by Victoria Murphy, Daily Mirror royal correspondent, back Hello. from holiday. Yes, back from holiday. How was it? Did you have a nice time? <laughs> had a lovely time, thank you. Yeah, really lovely family time. Very glad mm. to hear it. And joined by Amber Grafland as well, our fashion director. Haven't been on holiday, but still here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so plenty to talk about this week. Um, as usual, some royal wedding news and uh, gossip a bit later in the show and answering your questions as well because I know it's been a little while since we've done that but first of all we're going to talk quite a lot about fashion this has been a really fashiony week for the royals and the queen kind of caught everybody surprised everybody by surprise yesterday by turning up on the front row at London Fashion Week, which was... It was pretty incredible. Nobody saw that coming, did they? No. Well, no. I, I, I knew about an hour before did it was you? going to happen. Did no. you? Yeah. Um, and I mean, the designer only knew the night before, yeah. so... And I, I, I was actually a little bit surprised that it was her first time, that she's yeah. never been before, because it's a bit of an institution, and so is she. So I felt maybe at some point she would have been, but she hasn't ever been. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just to see her sitting there in the front row, the fro, I understand what it's called. Um, I mean, it was an amazing picture, absolutely amazing. And she was sitting there with fashion royalty as well. Sitting next to Anna Winter, who kept her sunglasses on the whole throughout the whole show, it was epic. The favourite bit for me was seeing um, the Queen with her Lorna handbag just perched on the floor in front of her. Everything about that photo was absolutely perfect. So how did you rate her outfit for her, her fro debut at Fashion Week? <laughs> Well, it was, I mean, it was so typical of, of the Queen. Um, and actually, it was um, an Angela Kelly outfit. And Angela Kelly, who is her personal dresser, was actually there with her. Um, she was sitting, I think, on the other side of yeah, Anna Wintour. She, she is a really interesting woman, actually. She is somebody who joined the royal household many, many years ago. Um, and she's a very ordinary woman. And she just became very trusted by the Queen and absolutely is one of her closest confidants and the Queen trusts her implicitly with with everything to do with Because she didn't start out as her dresser, did she? She only started dressing her until looking after the style in about 2002, so it was a relationship that had started a long time before that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. She was a personal assistant um, and she was designing um, she, 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 she was dressing her and helping her with her clothes and then more and more she was becoming responsible for actually making things that the Queen was wearing. And yep. So now she's very much... I think her official title is something like personal advisor 
for the Queen's wardrobe or something. She's she's a very um, senior person now within the royal household and one of the few people who is super, super close to the Queen. She's written a book, actually, about dressing the Queen. Um, and one of the things that she talks about in that is obviously the themes that we all know that the Queen adheres to when she dresses. So very bright colours, um, lots of block colouring. So she always wears... Um, things that make her stand out in a crowd so one single bright color so you can see her from a distance and she has obviously um a lot of hats um she wasn't wearing a hat to the fashion show was she but um yeah she you know she she's got a certain style hasn't she she's got that kind of um skirt and coat um and always has the black shoes yes, always perfectly has the black accessorized handbag. every yeah. uh, lots of attention to detail she always looks immaculate and yesterday she wasn't probably wearing a bright clothes no, it was quite subdued blue, actually yeah but the Swarovski actually, crystals and of course Swarovski always very heavily involved in london fashion week it's interesting isn't it that you talk about her relationship with angela kelly because the, caroline rush who works the british fashion council is actually has actually said that she was instrumental in, in, you know, in being behind that visit yesterday. So Caroline and Angela had discussed the possibility of maybe setting up this award that would be presented every year to a designer that has you know, an outstanding designer who has really proved themselves. So this is going to be an award that's given every year now by a member of the royal family. So that's something that was started yesterday. And I think I wrote about that online today because I think that has huge significance because it wasn't just a token visit to Fashion Week. This really is a, a sign that the royal family are committing and becoming much more involved in with, with London Fashion Week and with the British Fashion Council. And I think we've seen that with the event that was held at Buckingham Palace as well. That's interesting because mm. the royals, I mean, we talk about their fashion most weeks. We didn't yeah. really talk about it, me and Ian, last week because we talked about the pictures instead when um, uh, Ian Vegra, our royal photographer, joined us while Victoria was away. But, you know, the, the fashion is a big thing whether they want it to be or not. So it feels like maybe they're embracing it and making it more official with that I think link. so. It's more going to be more of a formal relationship now. Yeah, perhaps. That's really interesting. I mean, I think, actually, I think someone said, made a comment when the Queen was at the event saying um you know we know that you are reluctant your majesty to be seen as a style yes. icon because i think they always have this conflict with wanting to be seen as having substance and as an institution that that does good and isn't just decorative and i think particularly the younger royals as well they worry if it's all about the fashion will people focus on the issues will people talk about what they're there to do yeah, it's a, and it's a balancing is, act there's for a them. frustration i think on their part um and i know that william on kate's behalf has raised it um occasionally this idea that she goes to do something worthy and all anyone talks about is what she's wearing or the fact that her shoe got stuck in the grate or you know the, the, her accessories or how much her outfits cost but I think there's also has to be a recognition on their part that actually this is one of the things that generates huge interest yes. and ultimately interest is what they want because if people aren't paying attention then no one is going to hear about these causes yep. and also uh, they are there to make a statement and with fashion that they can do that you know they can champion designers they can champion craftsmanship um and that they have the ability to you know they they can choose to be annoyed about it or they can choose to make the right kind of statement with it and to control it in that way and it's possible that that that's what they're 
trying to do. And of course, over the years, lots have been written about the fact that London Fashion Week doesn't always compete with Milan or Paris or New York. And I think sometimes that's because we don't have these big luxury names, like we don't have the Gucci's and the Fendi's. But this is a way that the royal family are really going to be supporting emerging talent and basically putting talent onto onto the international stage. And I I think that's a huge contribution. But I didn't know it was London Fashion Week until the Queen went yesterday. And I mean, I work for a newspaper, so I promise I do read the news, but it doesn't make a huge mark outside of the circle that no. that it that people you know people who are already interested in it so yeah. there was some excitement around the Burberry show because it was Christopher Bailey's last you know as the, you know the, the chief designer there but I, I agree with you there wasn't a lot of excitement around London Fashion Week but this everybody's talking about it and as as the whole fashion set moved to go moved to trot off to Milan today I can guarantee you everybody is talking about what happened in London yesterday and if you look at the timetable, maybe this is just because I look at fashion a lot of the time through the prism of the royals, partly through hosting this podcast and partly through what we write on, on the website. But the shows through the week, you've, I mean, you mentioned Burberry. That's now really closely associated with the royals, yes. particularly through Meghan. Yep. And also it tends to be a brand that's worn by the, the gentlemen of the family as well in their coats and and what have you and in fact there's an advert for Burberry up in um, where did I land recently Heathrow when I was coming back from my holidays where you've got the Royal Warrants massive on the Burberry um, on the Burberry advert so you've got Burberry you've got Roxanda which was a brand I don't know whether she was exhibiting at Fashion Week before Kate started wearing her or yeah, not yeah no or she was she, she was yeah yep. Erdem's collection this week at Portrait Gallery so I think Stella, does Stella McCartney show at Fashion Week as well or the, um, not her Alice Templey yes you get the yeah. Templey collection so I always end up looking at Fashion Week through those those kind of royal royal shows. Yeah, so actually for a long time they have been making, you know, a kind of not consciously having having an impact on the fashion industry and I think what's happened yesterday shows that that, that may be something that's going to become a bit more formal and that they're going to officially lend, you know, support to, to British fashion which is amazing because it's a multi-million pound industry that needs support and it generates you know so many jobs it's really really important so tell us a bit about the designer who has been the first one to receive this award well I mean I expect he just couldn't believe his luck because if we're being really honest fashion shows now to if the, the holy grail is to have a really, really amazing fashion show, but also to have that front row where you have some celebrities and those pictures are then streamed all around the world through social media. So you kind of need to have that mix of being an incredibly talented designer, but getting great people to your show. Well, the people don't come until you're a good designer, so it's a kind of a bit of a vicious circle. Now, he it's the second time he showed at London Fashion Week, and suddenly... He's, he's the most talked about name in, in fashion at the moment. So he had a really, really good day yesterday. Very, very talented designer, but his name has now been kind of thrown out there onto the world stage. So who's the name that we should all, all Richard know about Quinn. to keep an eye on? <laughs> yeah. I he, remember it because Kate's personal secretary, Kate's new private secretary is called Catherine Quinn. So that's how I was remembering it yesterday. He's got the same that, surname. There's a few <laughs> really lovely quotes. He said that he didn't really realise it was actually happening until he saw the ghost chair that the Queen sat on that had a special pillow on it to make it more comfortable for her that's when he thought hang on a minute this may really really be happening and he did include some scarves that he thought that the queen would enjoy looking at in his collection so he incorporated those 24 hours before i'm sure that we'll see members of the royal family wearing him in the near future well, that, i think again, i mean the be really idea interesting. is yes that they've they've lent their support to this yep. and they tend to try to have some kind of ongoing relationship so i would be surprised if we didn't see kate or maybe the queen turning up wearing something yeah. for him. 
one to watch out for. I wonder whether they told the models because I can imagine if you're walking down the catwalk, you're quite sort of eyes front and don't yes. really notice what's going on, and that might be for the best. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> sitting down, could there. have tripped over her lawn handbag. Probably very professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not just been the Queen that's been getting involved with fashion this week. Kate and Sophie Wessex were at a Commonwealth fashion showcase on Monday. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting because this is one of a series of engagements which are happening to mark the fact that the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting is being held in the UK this year. Now, this is a biannual event, so every two years there is a meeting of all the heads of the Commonwealth countries, and it happens in a different Commonwealth country every time, and it's been recently in Australia, um, I think it was in Sri Lanka a few years ago, um, and the idea is that the Commonwealth come together and discuss um, things that are for the common good of all the countries. And obviously the Queen is head of the Commonwealth and she no longer travels overseas. So this is why it's now being held in the UK this year so that she can attend because in the last few um, meetings she has sent Prince Charles on her behalf. So the fact that she's going to be able to attend that and the Commonwealth is hugely, hugely important to the Queen. She's she's been head of the Commonwealth since she came to the throne. Um, and it's you know it's it's evolved, if you like, out of the demise of the British Empire. And it's something that she really feels very strongly about and she wants to continue and she wants it to prosper. Um, so anything that boosts the profile of the Commonwealth or boosts the work of the Commonwealth, the royal family are very interested in. And so this, there's a series of events that are taking place kind of in the run-up to that meeting that's going to be um, held in April. And this is one of the things that has come out of it, which is the Commonwealth Fashion Exchange, which is a, a partnership or a series of partnerships between well-known designers and small artisan producers across the Commonwealth. So you've got Stella McCartney partnering with um, small producers in other countries to, um, I don't think they're necessarily creating lines, they're just looking at new ways that they can work together and this was something that um, Kate and Sophie were highlighting <clears throat> obviously they were hosting this event at Buckingham Palace on behalf of the Queen um, and she chose you know two members of the royal family who are known for enjoying their fashion who have their fashion talked about a lot and it was nice actually to see Kate and Sophie collaborating on something because we don't see that a lot so that was you know gave a little bit of extra interest to the event really she wore Adam didn't she again. yeah <laughs> again I know um interestingly she wore a black and a, a sort of the, the, the kind of dress and I don't know if we want to talk about this, but the kind of dress that I thought she might wear to the BAFTAs, oh. um, which <laughs> yes, was yes. A, a black and a black and white dress. And I, to me, it was completely ambiguous as to whether or not that was a black dress. And I thought that was the look that she would go for at the BAFTAs, and she would go for something where there was a lot of black in it, but it wasn't completely black. So to give the background to the yeah. BAFTA situation, so BAFTAs is... Britain's Oscars, awarding the film industry, obviously with the Me Too movement about sexual harassment and that women should not be victims of it. Um, American, well, not just American, but world actresses are coming onto the red carpet wearing black. Um, it's a show of solidarity, show of solidarity. So to get behind yeah. the cause, absolutely. And there was a debate in the run-up, would Kate, Kate was going, She was. it was already arranged that she would be going, what would she wear? Would she wear black? 
and make a political statement is it a political statement to say that women shouldn't (laughs) shouldn't be victims of abuse (laughs) Mm. or is that just basic human rights and not actually political at all but you know if if she wore black that would be a talking point and if she didn't wear black it would also be a talking point but she could have worn off black and (laughs) got round it to me that was a no-brainer i mean i thought she'd wear black or some or something silvery yes gray black with metallic sort of just uh, I, i was surprised that she wore a green dress to the BAFTAs um uh, and I think I mean I don't I haven't spoken to any Hollywood actors or actresses but I I get the impression that there was a sense of surprise that she didn't make a more a, a more clear show of support she was wearing a black sash which some people were saying is this a nod to the campaign but you know it was a tiny black sash the dress was all green well but some um, people are saying that, that was suffrage green i know but people are wanting to be <laughs> generous yeah. But, yeah. but for yeah. me it wasn't because the black sash was the same as the black sash that was on the inky blue version of the jenny Packard yeah, dress part, that she's worn previously yeah. yeah. is part of that same look and if you're going suffragette then there's two other colors to wear as well there's purple and there's white mm. and I thought it was, it was disappointing. A, I thought it was an interesting move. I mean, I personally think that the movement is not a political movement. And if you look at the royal family, they wear poppies, they wear military wristbands, they support lots of causes. And they're not accused of being political when they speak up for charities, when they speak up for popular campaigns. So to me, this would fall into that category. And this would be something that would be a bit of a no brainer to Mm. support if you were going along. And I also think from a PR perspective, I find it interesting because I can't really, I can't really have foresee a situation where people would have criticized her for wearing a black dress, who would have criticized her? Whereas there is, there was always a chance that she would get criticized for not wearing one. (laughs) And and so from a PR perspective, I don't quite understand it either. but at the same time, I also think people saying, look, it's just a dress. She can wear whatever dress she wants. It's a fair point, you know. Um, it was a very nice dress. Yeah, yeah it's exactly, a lovely dress. Exactly. It missed the mark on that occasion. I feel that, I feel, because she clearly doesn't support people being sexually harassed, does she? So I feel that, that, she, that she should really have worn a black dress. And I think that she could have been... If she was, if there was any concern about the movement being seen as being political, which I don't think there should be, but if there was concern about that, then she could have been more ambiguous by wearing a dress that was like the dress that she wore the following day mm-hmm. in Erdem, which was black and white. So it was very kind of unclear. Yes. But I think for me that was very much a green dress. So. Uh, and last year she wore that black McQueen sort of gypsy style dress with the floral print on it. And again, that, you know, obviously yeah, she's not going to wear the same dress again. Before, but, yeah. And I think the other thing for me is that if it had been Megan going, I've got no doubt she would have been wearing black. I feel the same. I, my opinion would be that she would have done that, yeah. But then obviously Megan is different because Megan is an actress. And so she has a much closer link with the cause and perhaps even personal experience or knows people who've had personal experience of being treated badly by the industry. So whereas Kate, perhaps she wasn't attending as an actress so no, we that's, could look I at it think differently that. there although the BAFTA president was wearing black and she is not an actress so mm. you know I I think I, I th- you know, she was quite brave really because she must have known that she would have been the only woman not wearing black so 
damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. It's probably a But no a bit more answer. damned if you don't, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're going again next time when yeah. this is going on, you've got full permission from God Save the Queen to wear, please wear black. Um, back to the Commonwealth event. And um, Sophie doesn't tend to feature in the limelight very often she's quite a hard-working royal in the background she does a lot of events um things that i can think of her doing in the past where she did get a bit more profile she did a big bike ride yeah. i think from edinburgh to london a couple of years ago um i saw her at beating the retreat one time which is one of the preludes to um trooping the color which if you're in london in the summer is quite a fun thing to go to and see all the marching bands and the horses <laughs> on horse guards parades and she was the representative there so she she goes to these events and represents things but in terms of getting her work featured in the newspaper it doesn't tend to happen no, she very doesn't often. really get the yeah. sort of recognition so no. what is her role within the royal family sophie carries out hundreds of engagements every year she doesn't do as many as prince charles or princess anne who are consistently the hardest working royals with the most engagements but she does um several hundred each year she is patron of many charities i would love to be able to think of one off the top of my head but that's probably says quite a lot about as you say her profile um she we don't see a lot of her because she doesn't command the same level of attention that some of the other royals do um but she's kind of quietly working away in the background and she's very popular with the queen i think what's interesting obviously sophie and edward are the only edward is the only one of the queen's children who has remained happily married and they have a very secure marriage um and they have a very um, kind of stable family unit and I think that the Queen sees that as a very positive thing and she's really trusts Sophie Sophie is somebody who you often see accompanying her perhaps in the car when she goes to church on Christmas Day it's often been Sophie alongside her in the car while other members of the royal family walk from the house um, you'll often see Sophie beside her in carriages events um, she Sophie is a very kind of stable, reliable force. I personally find her really fascinating because I think she she's looks absolutely amazing for her age. I think she's fifty three. I think she looks um, incredible as well. She she's very looks stylish, incredible, and she's 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 just very youthful looking and very kind of um, you know elegant, but quite trendy, really. Actually, I think, and she's definitely perhaps someone who maybe does deserve a little bit more attention but probably actually doesn't want it she's probably very happy I mean what's interesting about Sophie is that when she um, first married into the royal family she was quite a successful career woman she ran her own PR company um, but actually very quickly discovered that that was something that was not possible to do when you're in the royal family trying to do outside work at the same time as being royal and carrying out royal duties it just wasn't possible for her and I think that's interesting because that's something that has I think created a blueprint for what's happened since really I mean Megan they've very much made it clear that she's not even going to try and do that she's coming in and she's let everything beforehand go and I think that they've learned that it just doesn't work trying to have an outside career how similar will Megan's role be to the place that Sophie has in the royal family in I guess in years to come probably more than now yeah exactly um 
it's slightly different perhaps because the Queen has four children and obviously Charles only has two. So when he is king, there will be... Meghan will be one of fewer people carrying out engagements. So I think that automatically elevates the profile because she's not one of eight, you know, um, sorry, you know, there's four children and their spouses. Um, So I, I think also I think that the huge profile that Prince Harry has had while he's been growing up has elevated his position to come within the royal family. Um, whereas Edward never had as large a profile as Harry has because he was always the fourth child and um, obviously the profile that Diana had very much elevated William and Harry's profile as well around the world. So I think while in some ways they'll be very similar, they'll be, you know, Meghan will carry out engagements, she'll have charities that she's involved with um, and she will continue to do that as Sophie does year in, year out. I think certainly initially we're going to see a lot of interest in Meghan and I think in the future maybe 10 15 20 years I still think her profile will will be higher than than Sophie's has been so that will bring about opportunities to perhaps do a little bit more maybe make a little bit more change um obviously the higher profile a royal has um you know the more they can effectively do with with when they lend their support to something and when that when we do eventually have to say goodbye to the Queen and, and Charles is king, how will that change Sophie's role? Because obviously she'll still be part of the royal family, but she's she's then become sister-in-law of the monarch rather than daughter-in-law of the monarch. Yeah, and this is something that is going to be very interesting to see which royals are maintained as full-time working royals and which kind of slowly which ones slowly kind of start to do a bit less and maybe drop off the roster. There's been a lot of talk about this slimmed down royal family, which might come into effect when Charles becomes king, where you've really only got um, Charles and Camilla, William and Kate, Harry and Meghan. um, And you will have Andrew, Edward, Anne, um, Sophie, but to a lesser degree as time goes on and certainly by the time George is carrying out engagements I mean this is all so far off so <laughs> changed but I, I don't think that they will certainly their workload will definitely lighten as time goes on I mean you still have the Queen's cousins carrying out engagements you've got the Duke of Gloucester and the Duke of Kent who no one ever hears anything about no, but apart they, from at Wimbledon yeah but they do <laughs> go around the world and do stuff and um, you know they're they're still very much working so that that may be the case with with some of the royals as they get older but there's a lot I think a lot of change will happen I think I think it's going to be really interesting because th- th- there probably just isn't the appetite from the public for this large royal family which we fund um to be continually traveling around the world and I think really there'll be a feeling that the ones who can really who have the profile to work to 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 do good work for our country and to bring about change in the work that they do will be the ones that that we want to fund and put, push forward and it's only the successful royal influencers yeah, <laughs> Time for Prince Andrew to retire at that point, then, probably. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, well, this is the thing, Beatrice and Eugenie, as an example, you know, they're not being given the opportunity to carry out lots of royal engagements. It's just not something that they needed to do. And 
they certainly won't won't do. Has there been any more um, news on invites to the wedding? Because I know we talked about that before. No, do we know who's any more? going? Yeah, I think that they'll be going out shortly. Okay. Um, d- the only thing I yeah. know is that Megan was saying, I think it was when she was up in at her at her visit last week that she would like to have done the invites herself because apparently when she was making her way in Hollywood she did calligraphy. Who knew? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is I I, I got don't given think a set she'll when... do them herself. No way. I don't think she really wants to be reminded of the fact that she once had to be a calligrapher to, to support apparently, herself. Apparently, it was suggested to her that she you know she realised that she probably wouldn't have time to do this. And I think a lot of brides who've embarked on that, I'm going to make the invitations myself when they're sticking the sequins to the yeah. Oh the bottom of the pile are like why did I decide I wanted to do it this way um, but oh there was another amazing picture that came out yesterday not of the Queen Prince William Prince oh, William yeah. on a motorbike he loves biking He's he loves motorbikes and he's had a motorbike for many years Kate's previously said that it fills her with horror when he goes out on his bike and she wants to keep George off it and he he got the opportunity to kind of mix business and pleasure yesterday and he was going uh, to, to look at a factory in the Midlands, makes Triumph motorbikes, and he had the opportunity to get on one. Ian Vogler was very excited about this, by the way. He was covering <laughs> that job. He kept ringing me yeah, I think if you're into motorbikes, the yeah. Triumph factory is pretty exciting. He was like, he's going to get on a bike, he's going to get on. I was like, okay, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can, I can see for someone like Prince William why a motorbike would actually be quite appealing because you're wearing leathers, you're wearing a helmet nobody knows who you are Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes you far more anonymous than being in a car even and I don't know, I think probably most bikers feel a sense of freedom when they're out yeah, doing it. Yeah, very possibly um, and you know he's a, you know he can afford to have a nice bike and there's probably something quite fun about that as well but yeah, I know he's, you know, he loves biking and it's, it's good that um He's obviously um, getting some attention for engagements that he does by himself because, as we talked about, the members of the family do lot, lots of events and they don't all make the papers, they don't all get in the news. And so News at 10 laughed at him because he only moved about three metres on they? the motorbike. Yeah, <laughs> he had all the gear on and they couldn't go anywhere. He certainly wouldn't have made News at 10 if no. he hadn't got on the bike. That's so, true. you know, that he's drawing attention to the factory... By doing that, so I bet George was jealous though, because he loves he loves the the, uh, the vehicles, doesn't he? Like small small yeah. children tend to. Um, back to wedding watch and Meghan. Um, so a couple of bookmakers have suspended betting on McQueen being the designer. I'm sceptical. <laughs> yeah, I. D- <laughs> they say there was a flurry of money came for it, so. You know, in in other things, it might suggest that there's somebody with inside information who's got chatting at a pub well, with their friends. I certainly haven't heard everybody. anything. And have you heard any anything to back up the fact that it could strongly veering towards McQueen? No. No. And I'm sure that there were some bets placed. I'm sure that they wouldn't be telling us there was if there weren't. But you know, I think this is what happens when there's these kinds of stories and there's a lot of speculation a lot of time the gaps are filled by things like the betting odds and you know bookmakers can kind of um you know provide some light entertainment when we basically don't have a clue what's going on who the designer is yet um i think if there was any i think if there was anything solid behind that um anything more then i think that would 
hopefully have, have come to light by now via via a different route. So you can imagine there would have been a fair amount of bets placed on McQueen after she wore that tuxedo yes. suit that you discussed with Lucy while I was away That's in very the previous possible. episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and McQueen was always a front runner, although I just feel that because McQueen designed Kate's dress, I just can't see her choosing the same designer. No, I think she's going to want to avoid comparisons full stop, and I think that's just encouraging it. So I would I would be surprised. But then having said that, they obviously have a great relationship with Sarah Burton. She was very she was incredibly discreet in the lead up to the wedding no information was leaked nobody knew anything and maybe maybe they feel that they're in safe hands yeah who knows and also if it's a completely different style the the comparison i mean the comparisons they're gonna happen anyway anyway yeah Yeah. um but there, there was there was a story a few weeks ago that she had absolutely chosen the designer and i've been told by several people that you know they believe that's correct so I, I, it probably is. She probably will have chosen a designer by now because it's not that long to go, really. No, and I would have hoped. <laughs> it takes time to make a, yeah. an impressive dress yep. with yeah. detail and royal splendour. Maybe it's Richard Quinn. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, one of the other things that um, people have been talking about is Millie McIntosh, one of Meghan's friends, apparently being closely involved with the organising of the wedding. I know, I've been hearing these stories. I, I love the randomness of it. I really do. So Millie McIntosh, most of us in Britain know as a, a star of Made in Chelsea, which is basically about a reality TV series or structured reality TV series about some some Sloney some people. landed... Mm. Chelsea one said. Of, one of whose brothers has married Pippa Middleton, I think. Yes, there, there's an interesting set of links between that television programme and the royal family. Um, but, but then, of course, they're all very rich people living in London, so it's not, that's not necessarily surprising. But my understanding is that Meghan has known Millie McIntosh for quite, for quite a long time, certainly before she became very close with Prince Harry. They, yes. They've known each other. She, they met. Uh, they 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 spent time together. I think in um, in in there's a so in Soho House. It's got a country. What's it called? The country retreat of Soho House. So Soho Farmhouse. Yeah, that's it. Soho Farmhouse. They spent time together there. Yeah, and, and I've heard posted that stuff on Instagram of them spending time together. And there. they shared um, a love of fitness and yoga. And Minnie McIntosh is part of um, a kind of gym and wellness centre clinic, call it what you like, called the Skinny Bitch Collective. And she often posts pictures of herself post and pre-workout on her Instagram account there. So she's a huge believer in the, the yoga and the diet and everything that they, they advocate. And apparently Megan is also a fan. So that's another link. They obviously you know have shared exercise and kind of health and wellness beliefs. And what's worth remembering is also that Meghan doesn't have a lot of friends in the UK. She, when her and Harry were dating, they were having a transatlantic relationship. So she wasn't living here. She's only moved here since November when their engagement was made public. So she hasn't had a lot of time to establish her own group of friends here. And of course, now she's in this situation. She's it's difficult for her to make new friends. How does she go about making new friends? How can she know who to trust? So she's very much going to stick to the people that she's already had links with and that she's already known. So Millie is somebody that falls into that category and someone who lives here in the UK who she can 
she already knows and they already have similar interests. So yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense, really. But what it means is when Millie McIntosh gets pictured carrying a bag which looks like it holds a, a not the normal... The will have not a field a day. dress, then yes. everyone gets a bit excited. Um, so, finally, some reader questions before we finish. Um, firstly, an unusual one from Vicky in America who sa- says a psychic has predicted that they're going to split up before the wedding. <gasps> this is terrible news. I don't think before the wedding. No <laughs> way. <laughs> no way. They're so in love. They're so in love. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen a long time down the line. And they haven't been together for so long. Um and they have a very passionate relationship, um, which will hopefully go from strength to strength. And I think that's what we all want. But of course, you know, you just don't know where, what's going to happen. So we will wish them love and happiness and good luck on their marital journey and hope that the psychic is utterly wrong. <laughs> Not before. No way. Um, and Faith has asked about um, what kind of memorabilia we'll get because she says there's quite a lot of sort of um, low quality stuff out there already with Harry and Meghan's pictures all over Um, but you know what are we going to get in the lines of china and glass and spoons will there be an official collection or how how does it work? Yes there will be so the royal collection which is um, produces all official royal memorabilia will produce a range for the wedding they did for the previous royal wedding they've done it for royal births um and we would expect to see that come out around the time of the wedding and that will be available in or online if for those of you in america but also in shops um the official souvenir shops of the royal palaces so buckingham palace and kensington palace that will be the main official range and then there's lots and lots of unofficial memorabilia some of it um, more endorsed than others so emma bridgewater who is a pottery designer who's worked a lot with the royals over the years has brought out a nice range it's kind of a slightly um more kind of funky range than the official range will be um but then there'll be so much unofficial stuff you wouldn't be you probably won't even be able to keep tabs on it all um, does that, so the emma bridgewater collection for example would that still become quite collectible because obviously there is a relationship there it's not necessarily it's not the official collection I but think i guess could do, being yeah. limited numbers and it'd be quite stylish yeah i think it could do um we've seen some of the pictures of the mugs that she's doing i don't know i don't know if she's limiting it i'm not no. sure um but you know her her stuff is is quite is reasonably high end. It's not, and it's I think it's about twenty pounds for a mug. So well, there'll be lots of stuff that you could pick up for a pound in the souvenir shops around Piccadilly Circus and places like that. So um, I'd say if you were looking for a collectible, go for the official stuff. But then that would be something maybe lots of people are going to cash in on it basically when as yeah. the tourists arrive. Yeah. There's lots of money to be made I around mean, this wedding. There's already then there's Megan masks you know there's masks that you can buy and she's already there along with the royal family in all of the souvenir shops um so oh she's already very much part of the firm then. yes <laughs> so that seems like a good place to finish we better go get our megan masks for our <laughs> episode next week well you, you can be megan i'll be kate and do you want to be Camilla, your favourite, Sophie? Uh, I'd love to be Camilla, but only if I can bring a gin and tonic. 
<laughs> so we will be back next week uh, with lots more to talk about in the meantime thanks for listening give us a rating and a review on itunes we'd love to have your feedback or email us more questions pod save the queen at trinitymirror.com but until next time pod save the queen 